This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Well, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there because here we believe the real stuff we challenge the norms i think the the podcast i i released on sunday which i normally don't do to all you loyal listeners was what was it uh remember the truths and challenge the lies um i hope you guys enjoyed that that's something that i had written about a year year and a half ago and i was going through some thoughts and I'm trying to explain to my new producers some of these lies because I want them to experience the new truth. So I whooped that out. And in the, pa- in the process of doing it, um, I thought, let me put that on a podcast. So I did. So I hope that you guys enjoyed that. Um, we're continuing on, though. This will be the last episode of the Mom Series, which is the Mothers of Mastermind. And as I was just telling our next guest, which is Avanda Copeland. I told her, I actually, it's the month of May, which is M-O-M. And there's always, the only thing better than one mom is two moms, right? So, but that was pretty cool. It's all a marketing gig. I hope you're getting excited. If anybody was wowed by that name, please let me know at jason at agency-intelligence.com. Um, I always want to hear from you out there. I, I'll tell you about two to three uh, emails I get a week. And most of them are positive, but I like those negative ones. I like when you guys yell at me for saying stuff that I wasn't supposed to say. That, that's the kind of stuff that I, I really like because that means I'm making you feel uncomfortable. That means we're growing. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. And we're going to continue to grow. Vonda, welcome to Agency Intelligence. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I've had some fantastic... Um, mastermind members on for the uh, mom series. It's only fitting that uh, I don't know how to say it because I always say things where I put my foot in my mouth, right? But like you're kind of like the queen bee of the mastermind, right? Like you're kind of like the the old one. What? I'm the old one. No, it's really not because there are some that are older than you. You know, there there are a couple. So that's why okay. I can say that without putting my foot in my mouth. All right. But you are, you're like, meaning you're always involved in the conversations. You're always there to say hi. You're always at the meetings. I mean, you literally are one of 20% of the mastermind members that actually email me when they miss a meeting, you know, because they're like, hey, I can't make it, which I love that. The 45 to 55 that we get every month on an average, I love it. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, but, but that's the way I've always seen you. And that's why whenever, um, I'm glad that we did this later, like Ellie, um, and Michelle and them, I recorded them back in April, but this is only kind of fitting. So thank you very much for being a part of this. 
Absolutely. No, I've had, I've been able to listen to a lot of them. So, and I learn something every time, even like the, the Tuesday or the second and fourth Tuesday or Thursdays, it's Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, you always learn something. So you do. You do, you do. And if that's what, if you want to be a part of that, we have gained a lot of mastermind members. And when I say a lot, I'd say about four or five just this last month, which usually we get about one or two. So um, there's people out there that are starting to loosen up, as you were talking about why we record this on, on May 18th at 8.05 in the morning. Um, I, we were talking just a minute ago about we're kind of seeing a little bit of uptick, like at AIBrainShare.com, shameless self-promotion, but it's my podcast, so it's not, so it's not shameless. Um, if you go, we've noticed an uptick on people going to our AI BrainShare page. Uh, so just little bitty things since last Thursday, the mandate was uh, released. Now, some people may say, Jason, I don't live my life according to them. That's fine, but businesses do, right? And so it's kind of nice that, that that's kind of been relieved. I will tell you, Vonda, uh, talking about this real quick, you know, this is an exact example of where government doesn't understand business like you just can't come out of a pandemic and just all of a sudden on thursday go hey by the way everybody mandates over <laughs> you know what i mean if you've been vaccinated and, and let's really be honest the people who haven't been vaccinated are those who aren't going to get vaccinated and they haven't been wanting to wear a mask anyway so if you really right. think about it the mandate's over but my well, point our, is our mandate just ended sunday night at midnight and so we just now had to deal with what do we do with our offices? You know, now what signs do we take, put on the door? Because before we had the ones that said, you know, according to ordinance. Um, so I just actually sent an email out yesterday and I had this huge disclaimer at the top that it was, you know, there's a lot of politics and a lot of personal feelings involved in COVID and all politics, all personal feelings aside, you all have to remember that we work in risk management. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. work with the knowledge that we have to provide a safe work environment. And we have to treat ourselves the same way as we would treat any of our commercial clients who are concerned about what to do with employees and whether they're going to get sued and what they can do and what they can't do. And I mm -hmm. actually put in that email that I, I had conversations with our EPLI attorney before I sent it out. Uh, I consulted our EPLI attorney and said, what can I ask? What can I not ask? Uh, I considered asking if people were vaccinated or not, you know, and making a list. So I knew, what so say? I knew if people, but, but I ended up not doing it. And I put okay, that wait, in email too. Say, though, Donda? Donda, what did he say? Keep in mind, loyal listeners, she's in the state of, of, of Iowa, so it could be different. So I'm Donda, in Kansas. I'm in Kansas, Kansas. Yeah. What, what did you, sorry. Um, he he told you, me that I could ask that I had every right to ask and that I had every right to ask the people that weren't vaccinated to wear masks or, or to make, you oh, know, wow. make policy based on that. Um, I didn't end up doing that, but at least it was nice to know because even Jay and I were having this discussion and Jay's like, you can't ask him that. I don't think you can ask him that. And I'm like, I don't know if I can ask him that. And so it's like, gosh, I pay for the CPLI policy. That's what we tell our our customers, you know, call your EPLI. You know, they have all of these, um, all these resources available to them. So I picked up the phone and I called mine and, and it was a good conversation that made me feel a lot better of things I could or couldn't do even though I, I chose not to do them, you know, basically mm -hmm. I, my email 
boiled down to, you know, guys, we got to have common sense with this. Um, politics and personal feelings aside, it's common sense. It's common courtesy. We are in a situation where we have to deal with risk management. We have to do, deal with our customers. We need to walk the walk, talk the talk. And I said, personally, I don't want an employee to have to quarantine for 14 days. Mm-mm. Even if they don't get sick, I don't want to have to deal with the quarantines because it's, it interferes with our business. And so that's my bottom line. You know, we've got to do what's best for the business. We've got to do what's best for our teammates. And I just, you know, basically asked everybody to keep that in mind. And I don't really anticipate any issues. Could the CDC said, hey, in two weeks, <laughs> two weeks from today, we're good. It's just like they don't get it. Like business. Can you imagine Walmart? They say they were blindsided. The, the Retailers Association. I mean, can you can you believe they're like, oh, my gosh, like we have we have. 1500 stores that we need as you said we need to change signage we need to get things out our people are the ladies still sitting at the door with the little counter at walmart and then we don't need her anymore we need to break you know what i mean it's like uh um starbucks so this is interesting i went into starbucks yesterday they told me i and they know me and stuff i go in there every morning at 6 30 and i said hey i said i said do i have to wear my mask anymore and they said no you don't starting today so i said okay no big deal i am not a person that's for it or against it i'll just do what i say not forever but i'm doing my part right now and so uh, and so i go in there today and they said jason you have to have a mask and i'm like well you told me yesterday i didn't have to have a mask." they said actually the local um, public health, uh, uh, whatever it is, board or whatever, came in here two hours after we made that rule and said, it's local ordinance, you have to have masks on, you put that mask on. So now, see, this is the problem we have, right? That the, the public, the, the local government hasn't even had time to go crap, you know? And it's like, guys, you got to come out with that a little bit better, you know? Now that we're coming out of a pandemic where everybody's had to wear the damn thing for a year, for a year, you know? Just goofy as can be. I'll tell you what, these government organizations. But anyways, thank God we live in a country that allows us to have capital enterprise and we can do our own thing. And you can build empires like Miss Vonda and Jay, her husband. Let's not forget, this is a tag team. If you used to watch wrestling back in the day, one wasn't anything without the other. This is the Copeland team. Let's talk a little bit about them. Vonda, you an iPhone or you a Droid user? iPhone. Yep. No question about it. I went to the dark side of the Apple when it, for, of course, disclaimer, my favorite phone used to be the Palm Pilot. You know, <laughs> talk about yeah. the old one. I had, a, uh, I had two Palm Pilots. I thought they were the best thing ever, ever in the whole world. And uh, so when the iPhone came out, I was all over it. Of course, I love technology anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have the iPhone. I have my Apple Watch, my iPad. You know, my car syncs with it. I mean, I am just in total Apple sync. Yep. Hey, good for you. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. And what was the last app you downloaded? Um, oh, uh, honestly, <laughs> the um, the last app I downloaded was the trans the Twin Spires, uh, which is the betting app during the uh, Kentucky Derby. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Did you win? I did not. You didn't. You didn't. No. Probably my, because my horse came in third, though, and you know the first one's under you know contention right now. So Medina, it was what you it was uh, what you betted on and took third. Yeah. Wasn't it Medina Spirit took third? That's the one that's the 
drug horse or whatever? No, the one that won is the one that has the questionable, uh, you know, the Mattress King's horse. That was. Oh, really? I did not know that. I did not. Okay, I'm sorry. The one that's in question now with the the uh, the testing. And uh, but yeah, no, I mine was uh, mine took third. So maybe he'll get bumped to second when it's all said and done. You know, it's one of those things. This guy either knows the secret to being able to put this medicine in and getting it out. And every once in a while he gets caught or he's just straight up a cheater. Right. It's it's one. I mean, it's one of those things like but I mean, it's overwhelming how successful he is at this. Let's be honest. And then now we keep getting these. There's too much money in those things to not have stuff going on. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pragmatic when it comes to that. It's all sports, really. I think, you know, you start getting into the big money sports and, you know. It's how the Chiefs win. Hey. Ah! (laughs) Now you can't be on one side and then jump on the other. And she says, yes, I can. That's my Chiefs. (laughs) It is true. I'm joking for all you guys out there. I know personally that Vonda is a huge Chiefs fan. Yeah. So she's living in her Mecca um, as, uh, you know, a rough year this year. But, you know, overall, gosh, you guys have just turned it around, you know. I got some buddies who are Chiefs fans. My grandma is a huge Chief fan. And I've always thought to myself, like, man, you hate when those people have those teams that don't always win. But over the last 10 years, the Chiefs have been tough, you know, even before they had Okay, sorry. Here, Vonda, we are all over the place. It's like you and I are just sitting on the phone. But sometimes, maybe it's me that's all over the place. I don't know. Anyway. Anyways, um, okay, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I love to win because I actually, depending on what it is, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. Uh, so it's either I'm all in to be competitive or it doesn't matter to me at all. So I think I'm kind of one extreme or the other um either it doesn't matter who wins or it it has to be me (laughs) i can see that i definitely can see that i definitely can see that and um yeah i can see that and how can i see that right like i can just tell in your comments i can tell by the way that you post you know how the way you position yourself is so polite but yet assertive sometimes that well here's the way i feel about something but then also you pass on things that you probably you know sometimes we're getting pretty passionate about inside the mastermind um interesting 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 um so the skill or luck what got you to where you are uh i would say skill um i not that i'm that's a hard one because you hate to discount one or the other but Not that I don't feel very fortunate in life. I've had a lot of fortunate, um, you know, a lot of things I'm grateful for. But I think I've also had a lot of things that where fate, more than luck, has put me in a position where my skill has either gotten me out of it or helped me make it something, you know, that I wasn't planning on. So I learned to pivot. I see that. So you say luck was more like a catapult. Um, so in some situations off of your skill, that's interesting. I can definitely see that because skill got you to the ball game and, and let's talk about that. So did you and Jay, I mean, you, when did, when did, well, let's just do what we do. Um, take us back to high school, college, and in three to four minutes, bring us forward to your empire. Well, I was not part of the empire back then. Um, Jay and I have actually known each other since we were five. His dad was my dad's insurance agent. 
And he was the one that rode along with his dad on Saturday mornings to make appointments with people and would stand in the door too shy to come into the living room and watch cartoons with me. So, you know, we go way back. Um, But uh, anyway, we, um, Jay went into the business early, obviously he, when he graduated within a few days of graduation, he was in the office. Um, I went the education route and taught school for 16 years. And I think if anybody's ever heard me on a pad podcast before that, I always, you know, would jump in and out as I needed to, you know, if I needed to go down when Jay first expanded to his first acquisition in Manhattan, uh, I went down, did books, things like that, uh, until we would hire, we'd have enough money to hire help that I didn't have to do that. And then we'd do something else. And then I'd have to jump in until we had enough money to hire somebody to do that. And then I would back out. And then, um, back in 99, my, my mom had gotten killed. And so that was, everything just changed really big at that time. Um, it was, we grew up in really small towns. The town where I grew up was like 400 people. Um, the, uh, the claim to fame is it's the same town that Jordy Nelson, Green Bay Packers was from. Um, and he lives back here now. Uh, and then Jay was just down the road in a town of 800 people. So when you had a a tragedy like that, you know, my mom worked in the local bank. She was in the church. She volunteered at the youth center. It was a, it was like, it was a community tragedy. It wasn't just my family that lost. It was, it was the whole community. Uh, I mean, they brought in counselors for the youth center for the kids and just stuff like that. It was just, it was just hard to imagine just to wrap your head around it. And, and at the same time that this was going on, uh, the bookkeeper that we had down here in the Manhattan office, her husband got stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh my goodness. So she called me on Friday to tell me about it. And she said, can you come to my house tomorrow? And I'll show you what things are going on because they, we got into a clinical trial in Houston and we leave on Monday. So I went to her house at six o'clock on Saturday night, stayed till midnight, got all of her notes uh, because this was back in October of 2000. We just, she had just put things on QuickBooks back then. You know, we were just now getting everything onto computers, Um, not the green ledgers again, old person. Um, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, then she left on Monday and then he passed away in three months later and she just never came back. And she, she called me and said, you know, you just need to be the one that does this. You just need to come back into the agency. And it just seemed to make sense because I was dealing with, you know, the things surrounding my mom's case, uh, which took four years to settle. So they didn't have a clue who it was for four years. Um, so that was a lot to deal with. And, you know, when you're a teacher, you can't even hardly go to the bathroom, let alone, you know, deal with murder investigations and my dad and helping him out and learn how teaching him how to pay bills and all the stuff that my mom used to do. Um, so it just seemed natural for me to quit teaching, go into the agency, um, and just be a little bit more flexible with my time. That's kind of a oxymoron now, but anyway, um, so that's kind of how I got into the agency. And then once I got in there, Jay's very ambitious in that acquisition, you know, acquisition, I think is his middle name. And he just started growing and acquiring and hiring and, 
and I was the one like trying to put it all together and, and merge everything and, and back behind the scenes. So I'm not the one that can go out there and, and put a deal on the table, but I can put it together and make it work behind the scenes. So in that case, in that respect, we made a really good team to, to build what we have today. So. So Vonda, I mean, when really was it? You said it was around 2001, 2002, you came into the business. And, you know, as we've talked about, you were always in the business. You were just kind of trying to find uh, your roles. You were a teacher, which was awesome. The devastation with mom. And then Jay's out there buying everything, in, which I know is a, as a significant other <laughs> can probably drive you nuts. I always say that because I drive my wife nuts with that stuff. Uh, but yeah, so, so tell me about it. Like when you first got in, what was your role what were you doing when I first got in um, well, actually that first summer uh, it just hit that because um, uh, before I was just doing books at night so I was the one that you know would show up at 5 30 or 5 o'clock in the evening and I'd work until 10 and I go home so then I was actually gotcha. just doing during the day what I used to be doing at night uh, which was nice um, mm -hmm. especially with kids our kids were you know, I think how many do you have, Vonda? We have two, and at the and time they, they were now? like fifteen and eleven. You know, when okay. this happened, oh, so they were gracious. still active. You know, activities going on. Whew, um, teenagers watching Whew. the watching the calendar and who had to be where what night. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I did a lot with the harvesters that first summer because right about the time I came into the office, that's when the harvesters were leaving, and you're trying to to get all your 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 cab cards to them and everything they need to go to be gone for the next several months. And then I was still doing the books, uh, but only for the Manhattan office. I wasn't doing it for the original office. And then eventually I, I went into that office and put everything on computer because uh, we had to switch from, from everything being done by hand over to putting everything into the computer. Uh, QuickBooks. I mean, we already had um, Tam at the time. Uh, towards the end, we were, we're using TAM, uh, applied TAM, so that was... When, when Did you say at this time that you're putting things in the computer? Is this about, what do you mean that like, you guys are getting rid of filing cabinets at this kind of time, early 2000s? Not am yet. I right on Not yet. Not okay. yet. We were doing okay. more of the counting on the computer okay. to where okay. we had you know the QuickBooks program that could, could go in and, and keep track of mm -hmm. things that way, getting rid of those green ledgers. Um, Fonda, real quick, do you still use QuickBooks to this day? No. Okay, just curious. You're using yeah. your AMS now? Yeah, we, okay. we moved over into a system in 2007. Okay, that's so cool. So we used QuickBooks up until 2007. Makes um, sense. So then, you know, we got all of that done and automated. And and at that same time, Jay was still in growth mode. Um, you know, the original office was in 800, a town of 800 people. So it was really hard to get company contracts. So really the best way to get a contract yeah, for a company to expand your markets was through acquisition. And, uh, and so we started acquiring and I don't even know how many acquisitions we've done over the last 20 years. Um, now, if, if, if you guys are watching on video, it, it, you're not really missing anything other than I'm laughing as she talks about Jay. And the reason why is cause I know Jay and, uh, he's, um, very straightforward dude, right? That's why I respect him. I mean, this dude, this dude will not hold back for anything. Very polite, not rude, but he's going to tell you the way that he thinks. 
um, very involved in his, seeing new things. That's what I love about Jay at his age. Like he's not Mr. Um, uh, squirrel or Mr. Shiny object, but he has a good knack for saying, Hey, that's something that's going to be important. And, uh, did Jay always have that? Or is that just something that's kind of developed to more? No, he's always been that way. He's always had that, that vision. Um, the, uh, he has, has this really big picture outlook. And then I'm the one that's trying to figure out, okay, we have to think about this and this and this. I'm the wet blanket that always goes into all these deals and says, okay. Um, and, and to be a, to get an example, we just brought a, a, a book of business that we're bringing in and the guy's already in our office. He's moved in. And I'm like, I just asked Jay this morning, what, what's the deal? What's, you know, what's the agreement? What, what are we doing here? You know, um, he's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And he walks out the door, you know, it's, um, and I, I know from experience that we will figure it out, but mm -hmm. those are the things that drive me crazy. And then I'm the one that drives him crazy by even asking. It's like, why would you even ask that right now? So anyway, um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we what a special relationship though. Yeah, I've uh, had my yeah, wife work in my uh, my office, so I understand how that can be sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But that's it great. is really crazy. And then just because we've done that for all these years, um, we've done all these acquisitions. Some of them are small, some of them are are larger. But just since since January one, we've brought in seven people into our office, new people. Wow. Uh, one one two by acquisition, um, three service people and, or two service people, and then just two new producers. Um, my goodness. And so Vonda, let me ask you a question real quick. Vonda, real quick. Do you think, uh, what was the cause of that? And were any of those people, people who had had another job pre pandemic and now you were able to steal some people? Does that make sense? There's a lot of good talent on the market right now. There is, but I don't think the pandemic had anything to do with that. Uh, I think there's a lot of agencies in flux right now, just as mm. um, you have a generation of, of agency owners that are, are aging and you have, um, you know, that, that pool of people that are in these agencies that when the, the management changes, it doesn't always go very well. And so mm. I think that's a real key area as far as where we've been able to, to pick up books of business and people and acquisitions and things like that. Um, but now it's, it's, we have people ask us, you know, they, we have people call us to know, you know, to ask us, we want to acquire them. Um, but now it's that's like, that's a nice position to be in. You can that. look at them at, at this point and you, you basically look at, is it, is it going to help you get a, like maybe a contract that you didn't have before, or is it going to make a difference in a book of business that maybe you get to that next contingency level, or it helps you get to that next contingency level? Um, Cause if it doesn't make sense in those, in those areas, then it's really not, um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not, you know, you, we're walking away from, I think a lot more than, than we used to. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, a.k.a. agency. 
Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Oh, wow. Wow, um, that's good. The other thing so, Honda, give us that image now. So they have no idea the empire that you and Jay have created. They hear about these acquisitions. I mean, now you have an agency. How many locations? Nine. Nine. And then you have a brokerage on the side. You guys are really huge in agriculture. Tell us what you look like today, the whole makeup, so they can hear where you've come since <laughs> 01. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's changing every day. You know, that's the thing. Um or, or the other part of acquisition is if we're in a new area that we hadn't been before that we wanted a presence in that area, then that might make sense wow. for an acquisition. Because um, we have a couple of areas that we're looking at that, it you know, Jay has his ideas of where he wants to go on the, on the map and, and he's going to constantly look at that until we move into that area. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I love the guy. But yeah, we, we actually, I always look at our agency as it's very community-based. So we, we are all very active in the community. Um, that's just how our agency operates, which is, it's a different model than some. Uh, but I, I always look at it as a wheel. We have our headquarters here in Manhattan, and then we have all of our branches. Uh, everything feeds into the main branch as far as administration. Um, our personal lines are, are pretty local as far as having a personal lines person in every office that can support the agents in that office. Um, and that's how, again, we tie into that community-based business. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the face of our agency in that community. Um, but then our commercial is very centralized. And actually our commercial is really pretty remote right now. And it didn't always, it just, that happened by accident uh, wow, or, okay. or fate, you know, mm -hmm. luck, skill, mm -hmm. fate, whatever. Um, our first one, that started working remotely. I don't even remember. I think she's been remote for maybe seven years. I'm not even sure. I have to think about how old her daughter is. Um, but she had a, a death in the family and it was very unexpected. And her husband moved back to the family farm. So they, they moved and we just, she worked for us for 13 years up to that point. She knew all oh. of our stuff. She was trained, uh, she was, you know, Jay's right hand person. And so we just set up a home office and she started working remotely. And then a few years later, we had another girl that had been with us for seven years, got married, guy got, got a great job in Nashville, Tennessee. So she works remotely from Nashville. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. So we just kind of went accident. with that model. You know, it kind of mm -hmm. worked because anybody in our nine locations, it doesn't matter if they're calling Manhattan or Nashville, mm -hmm. you know, a phone call is a phone call. And so that's kind of how it started. And we've actually, we added another remote person this year and it was on purpose because, um, you know, that way I had the opportunity. I could have moved her to Kansas city office or Topeka office, but I asked her, I said, I just rather you work out of your house. Cause that way you're not tied to a location. You don't, you know, anybody can, can, you know, send stuff to you and they don't get that mentality mm -hmm. that you're, you're associated with one location. So we yep. just kind of went and run, ran with it. But the, the thing about the acquisitions and the growth is that you're constantly triaging your agency. Um, you look at it, we call it hair on mm. fire. Um, if, if you feel fire. like your hair's on fire for like, it just doesn't stop, then we have to have a meeting and we have to figure out 
what do we need to do with it? Do we need to shift people around? Do we need to change job descriptions? Do we need to bring in a part-time person? Do we need to bring in a full-time person? Um, we do Vonda. that all the time. Vonda, what you're talking about right now is so good. So good when you talk about that because these are the things that us agents deal with every day as agency owners. And we think like, is this normal? Yeah. Is it okay that there's hair on fire and okay, let's put it out. But now somebody else's hair is on fire. I think we live in this world. I do too, that, you know, once we get that senior account manager, oh yeah, that's it. Right. Then we're going to be able to maximize. And then you realize you get them and it's like, oh wait, I got to move that person. Oh man, now I need to hire another person. And sometimes we feel we feel negative about that as business owners. Like, am I doing the right thing? And to hear you say that, someone of expertise, someone who has experience, I'm not saying you're the best in the world. You'd be the first to admit that. You've made mistakes. But hearing that expertise, it's very comforting to someone who's been an agency owner for three or five years out there. I know it truly is. So that's, that's really great that you say that. Because it is a triage almost every day, it seems like, sometimes. It is. Well, and you can't bring in an entire book of business. And sometimes we're not even sure the impact it's going to have. Um, mm. And I started something the other day that I thought I would never do. And that's actually I split up uh, one office's business by alphabet <laughs> in okay. the commercial what was realm. Your reasoning? Curious. And uh, I, I never wanted to do that because and I know a lot of people do that, not mm -hmm. saying anything against it, but I never wanted somebody to call, oh, and the person that's responsible for their alphabet isn't there that day. So then what happens? You know, they need mm -hmm. something and everybody, nobody's familiar with it. Um, mm -hmm. So we've always been, you know, you pick up the, the call, you help the person. Um, so I did agree that was in one of our triage meetings. Um, we had a couple of people, one in particular, their hair was on fire terribly. Uh, and that was the suggestion. They either said, you know, let's split up the people you know, the sales force or let's split up by alphabet. And so I said, okay, I'm, I will be willing, even though I really hate this model, I will try it, but at least I'm going to go alphabet and not people because that way, if you have the alphabet, you're working with all of them. You're just working with mm -hmm. certain accounts for all of them. And that way, if they need something, you know, so-and-so has gone that day and I need something. And even though this is not your alphabet, you can help me. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so like that. it's, um, and so I, I uh, did something I swore I'd never do. And it, Here you I mean, are as a veteran doing something you swore you'd never do. Yeah, Another great it's, lesson. It's working. And I, I always try to put it on my calendar, like whenever I change. And I have to do this because there's just so many things flying every day. Because I, Jay and I do this by ourselves. I mean, we don't have mm -hmm. any really anybody else doing this. I mean, we're taking care of the accounting, the contracts, the licensing. We're, we're doing all the admin on our on just the two of mm -hmm. us. Um, and so I can go from one thing to the next and kind of forget about the thing I just fixed and make sure and just assume everything's going well. So I always try to suspense it out, you know, two or three weeks, like yesterday, the alphabet thing. Um, I had it on my calendar yesterday just to say, okay, you know, how is this going? So I emailed mm -hmm. out and said, okay, is everything going? Okay. Is it working? And, and they came back, you know, saying, yeah, it's working great. You know, I feel so much better. I have less stress, blah, blah, blah. Um, and otherwise I'll, I'll forget to ask, <laughs> you know, my follow-up is not, you know, I go on to the next thing, just like the employees do. So that's why I tell mm -hmm. them, you know, set a reminder. It's, I have that's to do right. that. And, uh, with new people, I do that on new people. We, we onboard, people so much that you forget sometimes that maybe somebody's only been here a couple of months and you have to check in with them 
And uh, so I have to put that on my calendar, check in with Jason today, check in with Melissa today. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I forget. So. Well, you know, it's funny, too, this younger generation, uh, when I say that kids in their 20s, um, and I say that because I'm 43, I can say kids now, 40-year-olds um, just call me a kid. So the, these these younger generation, it's funny, um, Vonda, I just had this talk with, with one of my 22-year-olds the other day. Um, he's new. He's only been here for about a month. And... Um, Whenever he has a reminder or he needs to call somebody or he needs to have an appointment, <laughs> he doesn't put it in his calendar. He puts it in his in his iPhone and he sets a reminder. And it's like, okay, that's good, but we need to know. Everybody needs to know. And, you know, he's new. He doesn't understand business. He's a baby. We're trying to get him up there. Um, ironically enough, it is my son. It's my oldest son. Um, he's 22. So we're trying to, like I told him, I'm not even hiring him for a position. I'm just hiring him so he can get to know how the business works, you know? And um, and it's really funny. He puts everything on his damn reminder. I'm like, Ryan, I'm like, Gavin, we have this Office 365, you know? You put it in there i know dad but i forget to look at that you know and it's like you start to think to yourself you're like okay they need to make an apple device uh, uh, an app that they can still do their reminder but it somehow hooks into their computer and it sets a timer on there because you sit there and you say this is the way we do it but sometimes you know uh, what was it that billy told me the other day he said sometimes the best way to teach is by the way the best the person learns best now that sounds very common sense, but it's the same type of thing, right? Sometimes we build these processes when it's kind of like the, everybody's kind of moving like, and, and I'm not saying that that's not necessary, but it's just funny being aware of what you're talking about. Reminders, we put it on our calendars, right? They put it in their phone, not in their calendar and the reminders. Just wild, right? It's yeah, but I have my Google Calendar tied to my phone, so it'll still pop up on my phone, but it still talk, pops up on my Google Calendar. So, I, you know, I think well, it's a matter of learning how to sync things. Um, and the other thing, too, is is you'll hear me say that the best way, the best method of remembering something is what works for you. I have mm-hmm. people that, that will use the suspense out of the, the AMS management system, and it works for them. I yep. have some people that... You have to look at it, though, you know, and like, kind of like he said, you have to remember to look at it. Uh, I have people that set reminders in their outlook. I have people that set reminders in their phone. I've gotten to the place where I don't care if it works. I just need That's you right. to remember what you need to remember and to do what you need to do. And whatever system works for you, if you have to have one system and a backup system, I, I, I don't care. It, it's yeah. we have we have people that have Google follow up sheets that they use. Um, and, and get the job done. It's yeah, it's, it's whatever you're going to use. And if I make you use a system that you're not comfortable with and doesn't fit your habit, it's not going to do any good. And I think that's another point, you know, when we're talking to our employees and we're having these hair on fire, what do we need to do meetings? Sometimes they have the best suggestions, but if you're not constantly talking to them, you don't ever know that. And, and it's just even like, well, I wasn't comfortable doing that. I, I hate the alphabet method, but it's working. And mm-hmm. so I have to say, okay, they have a good suggestion. I have to get over my, you know, this is, you know, I've always hated that and, and see if and it And it's worked. probably unjustified, and right? It, yeah, it's just something exactly. we put in our brain. Yeah. You know? and, it, and it's working. So, 
you know, I just have to sometimes mm-hmm. get over myself too. But the other thing, this last year, I was on several podcasts and for the for the first time ever. And as I was talking about my story as I was going through life and how I got in insurance and the changes that happened, I realized a lot of times it's it's all about the pivot. And the word pivot has become very important to me because I realize how how much it has focused in in my life and how it's changed it. Um, when I used to teach school, you'd have kids that, and I still work with a lot of foster kids. Um, do I'm on a local foster teen camp board, and I work in the summertime. I'm getting ready to do a couple camps this year. Doesn't surprise um, me. And so I, when I when I used to have these students come through, there were some students that rolled with change, and there were some that didn't. Like like mm-hmm. divorce, you know, a kid in divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them handled it okay, and some of them just couldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought I understood that, but after my mom was killed, it was the first time in my life that I'd had something really tragic happen in life that it wasn't my fault. I didn't have anything to do with it. I couldn't control it, and yet it changed everything about my life. And I was angry and I, and all of a sudden I, f- I realized how these kids felt when something happened to them, that it wasn't their fault. They couldn't control it, but all of a sudden their life was changing forever. Mm. And so I understood it, but it's like, how do you get them to where they can get past that? And I never understood, you know, how do you develop this resiliency? And I think I understand it now. I think the real answer to developing resiliency is learning how to pivot. Because when stuff comes at you, you have choices. You can not deal with it. You can crawl in a hole. You can pretend it doesn't exist. Or you can meet it head on and figure out what you're going to do with it. And I think that's something that's, you know, when you talk about luck or skill, I think the skill for me is that I know how to pivot. You know, whatever, you know, and maybe that's just being married to Jay Copeland. I'm not really sure. That could be a lot of it. Um, but seriously, because uh, I've had to know, pivot, know pivot a lot, you know, sometimes daily. I mean, he may walk in the door today with something that's going to cause me to do a major pivot. Um, but when you think about it, the the better you are at the pivot, everything's got to be better. You know, it's just like I've had mm-hmm. this epiphany this year um, that uh, Carlos Vargas was part of a, a, I don't know if you saw the campaign that they were doing to raise money for kind of like when you were doing the loyal listener mm-hmm. shirt, they were mm-hmm. doing one that said resilience 2020. And uh, so that just got me thinking about resilience and, and mm-hmm. in the last year. And uh, I really think that the word pivot is, is key. And uh, in, in our agencies, you pivot. And I think the people that don't pivot, those are the people that are struggling in their agencies. They're not growing. They're, they're, um, they're stuck. You know, they're just stuck because they don't want to try to a- attack the new technology that's coming down the pike. I mean, think about it. Technology causes mm-hmm. you to pivot a lot, uh, cause you have to learn something new and integrate it. Um, it's, 
it's uh, the the definition is uh, able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situa situations. So boy, does that does that fit that? You know, I've always you kind of it's one of those things that you kind of hear, so you kind of know what it means, but you never really read the definition. Um, as I wrap up here, I want to I want to um, we have talked a lot about what's happening in the agency. And you and I talked about this two or three years ago, but we didn't talk about it too in depth. Um, but uh, I believe on David Carruthers podcast, I think is what it was. It did come out. Um, how did your how was your mother? How was she? Uh, how did she pass? Let's put it that way. Um, was there something tragic or whatever that happened? Yeah, um, we grew up in a town of 400 people very small, very tight community. Uh, she worked at the local bank and, uh, Y2K, uh, 1999, everybody thought the banks were stockpiling money. Things were going to go wrong at, you know, yeah. the flip of the switch at the, at the millennium. Um, and so some guy, you know, just targeted that bank to rob and they targeted the people there. He, he targeted the people there and, uh, and so my mom just lived half a mile out of town. I guess his plan was to go to her house and kidnap her and uh, have her help him get into the bank to rob the bank. And so my dad was a retired farmer and drove a school bus at the time. And so he usually left home about 630-ish in the morning. And apparently the guy was already there by that time, watched my dad leave because uh, they could tell he was hiding like behind the, the big thousand gallon propane tank and uh, went to the door like he had car trouble or something to gain access into the house and then tried to kidnap her to take her to go up to the bank and I'm not really sure if she just absolutely refused to go or if she told him it didn't matter anyway because the vault was on a timer uh, but then he ended up mm -hmm. killing her there and then left so. Did he ever rob the bank or anything? I'm just curious. No, they never. Act, he never got that far, you know. So but that you, was his, him? his plan was to, to get there and and take her up to the bank and have her unlock the vault. So and mm. they didn't get that far, for for mm. whatever reason. I'm assuming she shut it down somehow. So, yeah, they um, there was a handful of clues that day, but it was really kind of sparse. He was not from around there. To be quite honest, our police department was was really not very well equipped to deal with something like that. Uh, but four bet. years later, the guy tried to kill his wife, and he had told her what he'd done. And so she uh, told the police, you know, you can't let him out. So that's how you guys found him four years later. That's how he came out. That's how it came out. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty bizarre. So... <sighs> Sorry about that, Vonda. Yeah. You know, it's a weird things that happen early in our life, but um, we don't need to know those. But as you've gone through life, you've seen um, how it's really weird that there's good stuff that comes out of bad situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, to say that in this situation is terrible, but I guarantee you, uh, Ma, your mom would be so proud of you. Is your dad still alive? My dad actually just passed in March. Oh, uh, I actually know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he hung right, around for, you know. 21 years, but, but wow, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, well, um, it's uh, it sounds like he, how, how old was he? Sounds like he lived he a, was a long life. 
Oh wow! He's gracious. I'm starting to wonder how the how the life expectancy is 70, 74, and it seems like everybody I know is living to 80, 90, 100 years old. Doesn't it seem like that? Yeah. It's like I, you very rarely hear it's like, oh, he passed away. He was 74. You know? No, no. I mean, it's I, didn't like, I just hear though that they actually just lowered the life expectancy age? Yes. They, think, they did because of pandemic yeah. and the uh, um, the uh, oxycontin codeine thing mixed together over the last four years. Yeah, um, yeah, and everybody's like living so long. I don't, I don't even get it. I don't even get it. And I don't know what the technology will be like in fifty years. Um, I don't anticipate going out. I've always said, as long as I can go to the bathroom, <laughs> get up and walk around on my own and feed myself, I'll live for as long as I want. I, I can. But I got to be able to do those three things. Well, I've got to hang in there because my son told me that he would take care of me as long as I was okay with one of those automatic water and feeder, like you know, that they give animals so he's uh you know not gonna factor big into my plan so what do you he fall off the tree from jay i guess there yeah. to tell you what yeah, you low, ma <laughs> low maintenance <laughs> oh but it's been fantastic and i greatly appreciate you and you know we do we we really um and truly you inspire us your word gives us uh passion the cool thing about it is is there's certain agents inside the mastermind that when they speak we all listen but then there's some people when they speak we listen and we try to do and you're one of those people that we listen to and we try to do i do greatly appreciate it thank you very much even for you and jay coming to Brainshare this year it's just you is jay coming we're both signed up. I hope September is always kind of hard because that's corn harvest, you know, so we'll see. But we're, the plan is to both come. Well, you're on Champions Action. You're on the board. You should have told me, Jason, quit making this damn thing in September. So yeah. um, that's right. a good thing to go. I hope Jay can make it because he's yeah. always he's quiet, but he's a hoot when he talks. I tell you that, Jay. Jay cracks me up. And then you had some health struggles with him about, what was that, three, four years ago? be three years on the 25th of this month, yeah, that's, when that's he had right. his motorcycle accident. And I bet you that was scary for you because as we just talked about, all this responsibility, all this yeah. vision he has, you probably saw a lot of that going, oh my gosh, yep. you know? I, I remember that. We weren't as close as we are now. Yeah. Um, and I remember you were giving us updates and giving me updates as to what was going on with Jay. And it was unusual because we didn't have the relationship we have now or I did never yeah. met Jay, you know? So, um, but it's great now meeting you guys and seeing you. So thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. The two last questions that everybody likes to know, you and Jay, he's your boo. You might watch Hulu, getting the kicks on Netflix, spending your time on Amazon Prime. What are you watching? What do you and Jay watch? At the end of the night, going, you're trying to just zone out. What's your show you watch, Vonda? I would say the, the old Westerns channel. He's a big John Wayne fan. And and John Wayne, there's the month of May. It's the, the Duke's that all of his movies are the month of May. So it's been John Wayne all month. For any of you um, who are loyal listeners who are new and you're in your 20s, please go to Google and look up John Wayne, the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> right, Vonda? Right? Right? I mean, that's the way it is today. Oh, no. Uh, I was... Uh, uh, my business partner, Travis, he's 33 years old, right? And I'm 43. We're 10 years apart. And he tells me like he's going to this to this concert, right? And he's going to go see uh, Billy Joel. And so he's excited, you know, his, his in-laws are taking him and all this. And so like every time a song would come on, he's like, yep, I'm going to hear him soon. I'm like, Travis, this is Elton John. Travis, this is this is Elton John. This this is not this is not Billy Joel, you know? And so every time there's a piano, he's like, oh, I'm going to hear him. I'm like... 
All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on a Billy Joel playlist, and we're just going to listen to it. And before he goes that day, he's like, dude, I had no idea Billy Joel sung all those songs. It was so funny. It's so funny. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not much older than you, and you don't know who Billy Joel is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, go look up the Duke, all you loyal listeners. And then, um, and then readers are leaders, and leaders are readers, and I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading right now? I actually just finished a, a novel that's non-industry. Um, there's an oh, wow. author that I usually read all of his mysteries because he, he creates characters in the series. I think it's David Baladacci. Baladacci? Okay. I don't know the last name. Um, so I actually just finished reading that. My problem with industry books is I'm really great about reading the first half of the book. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of them I get all the way to the end without skipping a bunch of pages and then maybe reading the last chapter. Um, really. Why do you think? Pardon? Why do you think? Why do you think that? I don't know. Why do you think I you just get bored partway through. Um, not, and not all of them, you know, there's, but I have mm -hmm. a, a bookcase full of them, but I'll start to read through the industry books and then I'll kind of look at like who I think on our, our sales force would benefit from that book. And then I'll loan that book out to them. Uh, ah. So I try to keep a really, really awesome library and and my son reads because he's got his own business that he does a lot of the same type of uh, marketing with HubSpot and things like that, 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 you know, kind of similar to our industry. And so he, he likes to read a lot of the marketing books that I have. Uh, so we're always passing books back and forth, but I, I really don't read a lot at home. I tried, is it Chris Paradiso that does like the 10 pages a night? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't do that. I did it for three days and it didn't work. You know, it was great for three days. And after that, it's like, ah, um, I really read more on airplanes. When I get on an airplane, wow. I love to read when I travel. And obviously when you travel in COVID, you don't get to travel. So I haven't done as much reading. I feel like this last year as normally I get to, uh, Makes sense even the industry books, the it doesn't matter. I that's, you know, to me, I think of an airplane. The first thing I do is, you know, not pack. I check my Kindle to see what books I have so that I make sure I, I have stuff to read. So, so check this out. I was explaining this to my friends the other day and I guess like I should have known loyal listeners and Vonda, this is not really kind of a, a personal thing, but I'll tell you something that I do to read books and I've done this forever and I didn't really realize it until lately. Um, so I will always read probably 15 to 20 books a year. And the reason is, is I only do about five or 10 on audible. But what I have found out is that if I take a book and I put it on the back of my toilet, okay, <laughs> I know, I know, we're all family here, and I put it there, if I can read five to ten minutes every time, I will finish a book in a month to a month and a half every time. Every time. And so I try to tell that to my producers. I'm like, you're driving 15 minutes to work. Like, just listen to a book, 15 minutes and 15 back in three weeks, you'll have that, you'll have the book done, you know? And so I've got one, Jeremy, he's actually started to do that. And uh, I know it sounds weird, but it's like Paradiso's 10, 10 pages. Like, when you do it consistently, you really can knock some stuff out, you know what I mean? Yeah. So people are like, where do you find time to write 15 books? Well, if I had to read 15 books, I don't know if I sit down that much, you know? Um, people don't know it, Vonda, but I sleep nine to 10 hours at night. I am a very high driven person. So around eight o'clock and seven o'clock, I'm going to bed and then I wake up at four or five. So I don't have a lot of time to read, yeah. um, but I, I try in the morning. But once again, audible in the car and book on the back of the toilet. <laughs> it really works well. It My really works well. My time is podcasts. So that's yeah, when I listen podcast. to podcasts. Is when I'm, it takes me mm -hmm. about 
20 minutes ish to drive into work 20 23 minutes mm -hmm. and uh if i put a podcast on one and a half times uh then i get which ah. does not always work on yours but you know you guys you get the more excited the people get on the podcast the less you know works on eric garcia's usually um some of those okay this is a good feedback here so you're saying someone who gets more excited in that you want to listen to it slower yeah, because yeah if you I'm, listen i'm speaking too fast or what pick a podcast know? where you've gotten really excited like maybe one where you did with you and ryan hanley um and then try to listen to that at one and a half or two times it, it, you have to go back and re-listen to it anyway. You might as well forget it. So, but uh, that's good to know. I'm going to tell that to Ryan. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and I really do. And we are working hard on this insurance network, uh, pi our insurance podcast network that we're doing. Um, I'm really, really proud of the team for what they're doing. It's a very labor-intensive job. It is twice labor-intensive than it is insurance by far. I mean, because you have to have so much expertise and every host always wants two or three edits. And when you have 20 some hosts, <laughs> that comes out to 60 edits, you know? And so we're trying to uh, get that under, but we really, really appreciate you coming on and making our network part of what it is. Greatly do appreciate you, our queen bee. And uh, I just wanted to let you know that. And so I was, I was, I was, well, I'll talk about that some other time. Anything last minute you just want to say wrapping up? No, I'm kind of okay. worried that the queen bee fits. I'm not sure about that. I don't have to. Jay's gonna laugh. You're in charge. He's gonna like. Oh my gosh, they they nailed you. They they got it. What? So. Who'd you say you're gonna tell it to, Jay? Jay. Yeah, he's gonna like. Oh my it, gosh. So. It just seems that way. You're so knowledgeable. We take we take very good pride in you. And also, I have a lot of opinions. Other... I have a lot of opinions. That's for sure. You do. And the other women of Mastermind appreciate that. I notice, as you'll notice, the women are very a lot smarter than us men in that group, but they're a lot more quiet. So I think when you and some of the other ladies start to talk out, it's like, yeah, okay, you know, put these dumbass guys in their place, you know, because they do. They just talk all kinds of shit. All right, well, Vanda, I do appreciate you. Loyal listeners, I appreciate you as well. You know what I do because I do it for you. I get Today, I gave you a real agent inside a real agency giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. She was Copeland. Don't forget about Jay. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore, because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.